What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Maker Made Podcast, episode 27. I'm Tyler, joined by my good buddy, Doggy. What's up, everyone? And we have a very special guest today. This guest has been a good buddy of ours for many, many years, built an incredible following on several social media platforms, and has been very successful in one particular platform, that being Etsy, which is a pretty unexplored topic for us here on the show. We're very excited to dive into it with a man with over 2,800 sales, Mr. Pete Kapar from Petrie's Workshop. What's going on, Pete? Hey, thanks for having me on. Pumped to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks for being here. You want to dive into kind of uh, who Pete is and what Petrie's Workshop is? Yeah, it's my favorite segment for when we have guests. Uh, I'm always like, who do, <laughs> who do you think you are? <laughs> who are you and why are you yeah, here? Tell us, please. Um, so I'm Pete, Peter. Uh, I go by both. Uh, from Petrie's Workshop, I started out as just like a maker in my garage, which I still am to this day. Uh, I started <laughs> building a kind of a small, you know, woodworking business uh, on a side over the years. And I started annoying a lot of my friends and family with all the content I was posting on my personal page. So I started uh, I started a separate page and that has become my main one now, Petrie's Workshop. And that has devolved from just pure woodworking to pretty much everything. Now I do uh, most, a lot of 3D printing, uh, CNC laser work. Uh, I've actually stepped away from commissions, which has been really nice. And I've been most recently able to just reclaim my uh, woodworking hobby as a hobby again and not have to do it as a business. <laughs> so I still take on some stuff here or there, but uh, a lot of the, um, a lot of the business side of things is, uh, is the Etsy side and it's, uh, it's mostly 3d printing, but I'm looking to pivot that back into the, uh, the woodworking side or the laser side and uh, have my two employees in there, the laser and, uh, and the infinity working for me <laughs> like the printers do. Heck yeah. That's cool, dude. And that's definitely, I mean, you kind of like made note of every topic we want to hit today talking with you from uh, stopping normal commissions with woodworking. And a huge one you said is uh, reclaiming woodworking as a hobby of yours, because I know that that's not your typical bread and butter. I know you work full time um, and this is still a side business and, you know, you got the podcast and all that jazz. But I am curious. So did you, how did you start on Etsy in particular? Was that like the first thing you did and you hit the ground running with that? Or was it a slow buildup or did you graduate to that? What was that about? It, it was definitely what I thought you had to do if you were making cutting boards, which is what I was, everyone starts with the bread and butter <laughs> cutting boards. You know, it's a great holiday gift. You start gluing pieces together and, and, you know, before you know it, you have too many or you start having people ask you and you're like, oh, you know, like all these guys have Etsy shops, they all have Etsy shops. And I was getting a lot of other content, cre- uh, content creators, accounts that were selling cutting boards, you know, people that were in the shop on the weekends trying to make some extra money to buy some tools to make some money to buy some, you know, basically just the, the vicious cycle. We all know it. Um, and I started it and it kind of sat empty for, I want to say, like a good year and change. Um I, for a while, I had a friend that was big into 3D printing and um, he was actually trying to talk me out of getting a 3D printer. He's like, no, like, well, you don't really want to like get monetizing. It's like great for like printing like fun stuff. Cause if anyone out there with a 3D printer knows, like there's tons of files online that are hundreds of thousands of files that are completely free, super fun, really detailed, like stuff that you can just print, you know, until you're blue in the face and uh, never run out of files to print. And I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to print toys and fun things. I wanted to actually make a business around it just purely to make things for the shop that I know I'm constantly craving, uh, little jigs, little squares, uh, tool holders, whatever it might be that make my life easier. And as soon as I started making them, even these simple little triangles that are like a little square or something or, or a hanger, I immediately had people asking me. And then I was like, well, how do I do all this? Like, how do I... I was doing uh, Venmo and PayPal and <laughs> cash for years. And oh, I remember after those a days. while, like I'm, I'm not super meticulous with everything, but I decided pretty early on about 2018 uh, when I kind of started doing it as a business is like, I need to start tracking everything. I'm tired of this place being a black hole of money going out and not really enough money coming in. Uh, <laughs> and it's always nice to get extra tools, but I never wanted to put that financial strain on me and now my wife. Um, and you know, I started tracking everything and tracking every Venmo cash, Zelle, whatever transaction got really tiring. So I started listing stuff on Etsy, uh, and that started popping off a little bit. It all started out really the first thing that I, uh, aside from like cutting boards and trinkets that I was making first 3d printed product that I posted on there was the, uh, the 3d printed push stick speed square. 
So I wanted oh yeah, a speed I got square, one of those. Yeah, um, that was also like a you know push stick, and I was trying to think of like, all right, I wanted to. If someone has a saw stop, they nick you know nick the the back of it. You're not going to set off your blade. So 3D printed items, plastic would be perfect. It's actually made out of a, a corn based plastics, which is pretty cool. Uh, hmm. So they are biodegradable. Uh, now there are more abrasive ones, obviously, but but that's that's the thing that started everything. And I was still taking a lot of these uh, sales kind of every which way. And then eventually I went, you know what? No, it's all going through Etsy. And Etsy is kind of one of those places where people are like, oh, the fees, the this, the that. But the reality is like they're doing a lot of work for you and it's a platform. They take care of everything. They take care of taxes. They just give you a form at the end of the year and you're done. Or unless if you mm-hmm. don't sell enough, then you don't really need to worry about it. They won't even send you a form. I mean, I use Etsy now. And I don't know how deep you want me to dive in right from the gate, but like I use Etsy now for if someone wants something custom, I'll instead of doing a Venmo PayPal, I'll just be like, hey, I'm going to throw up a custom listing on Etsy. Why don't you just buy there? So I it's like all tracked there. They get a tracking. I get a review. They might get a photo or something. And I learned this trick from uh, Jeff and Jess from Two Moose Designs. I noticed on their page once in a while, you would get a, it's just, it was just their logo with a big reserved sign on it. And it said reserved for Jessica or reserved mm. for Matt. And it had a short gotcha. description of what the item was. I was like, this is kind of smart. So it was custom orders that they were doing and they were still able to get those sales. Uh, especially if you're starting out early on, that's a great way to get sales. Yes, you're losing out a little bit of money on the commissions or the the fees that they're charging, but you know they handle the tax. They there's tracking, everything looks professional. You got another sale, and they're very likely to leave you a review because that is a custom one-off that you're doing mm-hmm. for them. So there's there's a nice little bit of a you know a nice way to grow your account right out of the gate. Totally. That's actually a very, very good point. And that's something that I've battled with too. Like, especially with when I do like custom template orders or whatever, it's so important to be able to track all that stuff. But real quick, let's uh, back it up a smidge. And in terms of, (laughs) no, no, dude, I'm so excited to pick your brain on this topic for real. Yeah. We've been talking about this for months and it's very cool to have someone chatting with us that we can share with other people who is you know a master of etsy i would say like you got it dialed in very well very clearly (laughs) but let's uh rally back just a little bit and pete i'm curious what do you have going on in your shop right now like what's on the agenda (laughs) right now my shop my shop is a an absolute disaster right now um I, I have a buddy who is big into uh, ice climbing. We actually met rock climbing. I used to work at a rock climbing gym. Uh, and he got into a company. He's an investor and part owner now of, um, uh, it's called Furnace Industries. They make these tools called Evos. And they're essentially made to simulate uh, climbing, uh, ice climbing pickaxe. If anyone's played like Tomb Raider or something uh, or seen any zombie movie, pickaxe. Uh, so, it's meant for indoor training. Uh, it's, uh, it's supposed to simulate the tool, the weight, everything, but instead of using it outdoors, you use it inside a gym without damaging the holds and they need them assembled. They're, they're laminated. It's Baltic birch ply on both sides with an aluminum core, uh, with some pieces hollowed out to balance the weight. It's gotta be all screwed together, uh, rounded over sanded. And then I lasered their logo on it and everything. And it's a huge job. And this is my, least favorite slash favorite job I have ever done in my life. Um, <laughs> the reason was, uh, I don't know if you guys were following a whole saga, but they first hit me up last year around the holidays and I was making them for them. And then I quoted out a price, what I thought this was going to take me and what I valued my time as. And I quickly mm-hmm. learned that like, I am doing these like for like no money. I'm basically making <laughs> minimum wage on this stuff. And you know, uh, we all know my coffee. He's a very aggressive pricing guru like he he gets the price he wants because he sticks by it and someone will pay it and Mm -hmm. you know he keeps beating that into my head and i finally uh, you know i just i just did what he did i did the i i quoted them the high price uh sometimes we call it you know like the fu price when you want a customer to go away like i'm i don't want to deal with you anymore here if you want it again here's the price oh we're very familiar yeah and uh, they're like okay can you do another 50 pairs i'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) because part of the strategy was yes it's this is a lot closer because I still gave him a little discount. It's a friend of mine, but it's a lot closer to my shop rate. And, uh, and I'm happy to share $75 an hour is my shop rate for the shop. It's my third job. You could say aside from my day job, my business, and then that. So the woodworking side is like, if I'm going in there, I need to get paid. Um, Mm -hmm. so I gave him a little discount on that about 10 bucks off per pair. But if I'm going in there, I can also bring in someone and split that 
and pay someone $30, which I think this day and age, honestly, should be minimum wage, <laughs> like at least 20 bucks. Cause like, I can't bring someone in and pay them 10 bucks in a shop. I feel like it's just, Oh yeah. It, it's hard. So uh, I could bring someone in, pay them half, have them do the work with me and knock them out that much faster. So that's been kind of the strategy. It's working out. So that's the big project I'm working on. Um, at the okay. same time, I'm uh, I'm still I'm working on like little stuff around the house that I don't even post about. We bought this house about a year ago and we're still just keep knocking out these little projects, putting rods in closets and refinishing tile, all this random stuff. And then uh, most recently I got um, a desk base, a sit stand desk. So I'm actually standing at my desk right now. I got this little... I, I jokingly call it mega desk because it's just <laughs> enormous because <laughs> I always have a very small desk and I have a lot of electronics and I wanted them all to fit. So we're doing the same thing for her desk, a little smaller because she's not as nuts as I am. Uh, <laughs> but I have this uh, butcher block countertop that uh, we're going to be finishing. Uh, we're probably going to spray it this week because then next week we're going away. We're going going sailing up in Maine for a little bit. Going to pretend nice. to be rich. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's dude. what's on my bench. I saw. Nice. Doggy, what do you got going on? I know you can relate to those house projects for sure. Oh my gosh, I'm just well. I just bought a house uh, two weeks ago. We can something. Congrats! Like that. And uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, and I'm you know moved in now. So at this point, I'm just waiting for the next plumbing issue to come up. So I've had like <laughs> three or four of them at this point. How old is the um, house? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, it's like 89. Okay, well, that's not too bad. But it's a um. A, a tree fell on the roof in February. So the family moved out and it's a brand new roof, brand new siding. Um, so okay. otherwise it's like pretty awesome in terms of like maintenance. Um, just the plumbing. Oh my gosh. Uh, stuff is <laughs> just a debacle. But no, I uh, on Saturday, I had a buddy of mine that owns an HVAC company. He put in like a Mr. Cool style split unit for the garage uh, so or for clutch. the detached shop. Oh my gosh. It went from like 105 degrees in there to like 75 in a matter of two, two hours. It was um, oh, incredible. So nice. uh, I, had, so I had the jealous, AC set dude. at 86 and I'm like, you know, long sleeve shirt possibly. Cause it feels so much <laughs> colder than outside. Um, that's it though. Working on my bed frame right now. Um, I'm going to do the headboard after we record today. And then as soon as the drawer hardware comes in, make the little floating nightstands for it, but that's it. I don't really have any commissions coming up. I've got a coffee table, which should be kind of cool. I got to do some bow ties in it, Ty. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, other than that, it's pretty quiet here, um, which is a good thing because if I had to work commissions on top of moving into the house, it would be very frustrating and I probably wouldn't get anything done. Uh, Can I yeah, give you a recommendation? Plumbing issues. Yes. Don't take any commissions until after the holidays. I was stupid. Oh. I I was like, oh, I'm getting my shop set up, and like mid October hit November, and I was like, I can take on work. <laughs> Hell, I can. No, it was awful. It was the the roughest holiday season I've ever had. Well, yeah, I relate this... to that so heavily because I got my CNC last year mid holiday season. Like, well. It was like mid-Christmas season, so early G- uh, early December, I got my CNC, and I was like, give me all the CNC projects that I can take on. Like, we're going to get all these gifts ready for Christmas, and then it was like Christmas Eve, and I worked a 12-hour day in the shop, <laughs> and then I had to go spend the evening with my family, and it was awful. Thank God I got through it, especially with the cornhole boards that I was busting out, because I thought that the cnc would give me magic capabilities and you know it worked fantastic but it doesn't work Still that way you know so much work and that's well, yeah. that's where i'm at now so the three months leading up to this I, I was at my cousin's house he's got a shop a bunch of tools so i was using his tools to prep inventory because i have three craft fairs or four craft fair farmers markets in the next three months so i, I knew i was gonna busy. be busy well i knew i was gonna be busy moving so i made like 13 like different flags, bunch of cutting boards, bunch of different odds and ends things while I had access to his tools because mine are all 220 and I don't have 220 yet in the shop. Uh, I've got my own panel. I've got a 100 amp service. I've got plenty of room for it. Um, and I actually have all the conduit wire and outlets. I just need to run it and have the electrician come plug it into the breaker. So it's like I really can't do that much even if I wanted to. Um, so like the bed I'm making now I've built with my circular saw. That's the only tool I've used to cut on it. So, 
um you know it's back to the roots baby yeah back to my back to my roots could you imagine well i mean doggy you clearly can but could you imagine going back in time and not having any of the tools that we currently have like i think all of us collectively have had the typical benchtop tools and have upgraded to full-size you know joiners planers table saws i think right yep natural evolution yeah i couldn't imagine having to go back to the you know smaller tool days like i i'm I'm building a huge 75 inch by 75 inch l-shaped desk out of some live education slabs and i i mean i'm so thankful for the tools that i have at my disposal to pull something like that off because there's no chance i could have done this two years ago you know i mean can you imagine even like we all have access to like a four by eight cnc within an hour of us that can just flatten mm-hmm. a slab or something crazy like that. That's bonkers. I didn't even know that existed <laughs> like five years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, like the evolution of my templates too, in particular, because I've cut them on lasers, CNC's, my CNC's, my lasers, outsourced both of those things at some point. And it's just mind blowing how many, like there's this guy who uh, ha- I, w- I was having cut them on his lasers, on his laser and I went to his shop to go pick him up one time after, you know, talking with him through email. And he's like, oh, here's my 600 watt laser. Here's my 450 watt laser. Here's my seven 150 watt lasers. I'm like, what? There's people out there that have this kind of stuff? Yeah. It's eye-opening. It's bananas. Yeah. Well, Pete, you, don't you have several 3D printers yourself? Uh, nine. Oh, so like yes. <laughs> when you when you said that when you said that I was like, uh, okay, maybe he doesn't have as many as I thought. And then I was like, wait, he just said nine. nine. Yeah, there's uh, there's nine in the house right now. Um, so how many do you yeah. have running at once, or how many can you run at once if you needed to? I could probably run all of them. I have uh, I made sure of that <laughs> when we moved into the house, <laughs> I, I made I actually ran on the on a panel that we ran to the shop. I ran a separate line into the print shop, which is in my basement. So it's wow. on the other side of the wall downstairs from the basement uh from the print sh- ah, from the shop uh so gotcha. i'm able to run all of them right now i'm running four at- together at most um and that is because i got three of them in at the same time and i'm actually redoing that space a little bit to organize those printers better um and i'll mostly be running about seven of them or i'm sorry uh yeah seven or eight of them at the same time uh, those are gonna be the main ones they're the mark threes you can actually you guys can see it on the video it's behind me oh, yeah. there is one of them that's the last one i'm building uh-huh. and uh then they're all going to be set up downstairs i have one in here for prototyping and then i have another one uh that's in a basement that's an ender that i bought initially because people often reach out to me for 3d printing questions and that is the most commonly bought printer because it's like 150 bucks 200 bucks i got it on sale for oh, 100 wow. so i was like for 100 dollars, if i can have one to better educate people about it i'll do it that's a business Hell expense. Yeah. I'll that's do a, that. Yeah. It'll just, an it'll easy sit. price to pay. Yeah. And even if I never use it, I'm perfectly okay putting $100 back into the community. That's the way I see it. Yeah. You know, That's pretty cool. I also didn't know that you could get into 3D printers at that low of a price point too. Yeah. Is yeah. it a pretty decent printer? The Ender 3 is a very fine printer. It'll co- you can get it for... <laughs> it's very okay. No, it, it is. It's it, The thing is, you're not getting all the bells and whistles. You are mm-hmm. getting, you know, it, it'll it'll print it'll print well. You'll have to tune it a little bit. You know, think of it like mm-hmm. uh, getting a hand plane, like a lower end hand plane. Mm. That thing will work just fine. You'll build some furniture with mm-hmm. it. You're gonna have to work on it. And you're gonna have to <laughs> you watch lost, it. You know, you lost yeah. me. You oh, lost yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> like with, staring at my with, hand plane for months. I have I've leaned into getting more higher end printers because these things literally ran. For like when I first had my one, then two, from November till mid January, they ran on a twenty four seven schedule, nonstop, day and night, whether I was home or not. I trusted that machine to run all the time. So that's awesome. Yeah, because uh, when you print things, I mean, they they can get into hours upon hours, sometimes even days, right? For certain prints. Oh yeah, most of my prints I try to keep under. 13 hours, 12 hours. So it's on a nice cycle where I can like, you know, I'll start it in the evening. I get up in the morning, I can grab it, clean the plate, start a new gotcha. plate. Uh, but I have done longer ones. You know, sometimes I can fill up the plate and do a two-day print. But if anything goes wrong, because it goes layer by layer by layer, that entire batch is done. And mm. it's very rare, but why why risk it? 
you know? And the reason I, totally. I've leaned into getting more machines is, is primarily because I don't want to be down there and work for my business nonstop, swapping printers, swapping filaments, all that. I want to run right. all of them for three days and then not for a week and be stocked up. That's my plan. I gotcha. So what does, in, for your more like production-based stuff that you sell, what's mm -hmm. like the, what printers do you prefer? Like, is, are, is there like a price range for something that you look for? Or is there one machine in particular that you're partial to, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, absolutely. I answer this question like daily. So I think the Ender uh, 3 Pro is a great printer to start with, uh, especially if you want to get into the hobby and learn about it and tuning, tinkering, printing mods. It's, it's, it's a hobby in itself. You know, so those are great and they will perform very well. There's entire print farms that people use those printers and they are doing just fine. Um, if you want farms. some higher quality <laughs> and some nicer perks, you want, um, I highly recommend the Prusa Mini. So Prusa uh, 3D is a company I use for all my printers. They're based out of the Czech Republic. That printer is about 350 bucks. That's actually my prototype printer in the, uh, in the office here. Uh, it's a smaller print volume, not, not much smaller. It's uh, I think it's still... I think it's seven by seven, something like that. So it's not bad. You can put print it's fittings and things like that on there. And with shipping everything, maybe you're looking at like 450 fully decked out. And that thing wow. is a workhorse. Um, you guys familiar with Frog Pod? Right? Not at all. No? Uh, I, I have seen that on the Instagrams. So, the... Yeah, so so he's printing everything. All of his stuff, his entire line is printing on the, the Prusa Mini. Because uh, hmm. the nice thing is it's half the price of the big one, the Mark III, which are, is mainly what I run. So you can get twice as many of these and get twice the production for the same amount of money. So there's, hmm. that's something to think about as well. Hmm. Uh, and then the ones I run are the Prusa Mark III's. Uh, they run about, they actually just raise their prices. So it's $1,100 fully assembled, shipped to your house, uh, or you can buy the kit. And when I mean kit, I mean every screw in a very well-labeled bag, like fully disassembled. <laughs> it's a It's a easily an eight hour build just sitting Jeez. there building this thing from from scratch it's the best lego build ever and i've bought all of mine <laughs> that way because they do save you oh wow uh about 250 bucks to do that to get the kit uh because it's you know but it's time so i'm getting to that point where mm -hmm. like the next ones i might be getting assembled <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think like for someone just getting started it'd probably be best to or actually i don't know because you gotta learn the machine. There's some pros and cons. Yeah, there's some pros and Here's cons to thing. assembling yourself, of course. The the Mark III that I have, that's a domino. That's a domino. And then the Mini, mm -hmm. that's a biscuit joiner. And then the the Ender is a dowling jig. Like that's the perfect way to think of it. Like if <laughs> if money's no problem, or like, you know, because here's the thing: these are hobbies, and for some of us, these are businesses. If we just want a good tool, we're just gonna go out and buy it. I don't right. do professional furniture making, whatever. I'm buying a Capex right now. Like, I because I want one. I want one that's lower profile. I've seen it perform. It's like the smoothest miter saw ever. I said, screw it. Mm -hmm. I want to buy it because I don't want to mess around with a smaller, crappier one. I'd rather have something better. And I think that's where right. you're going to fall into that. So it's okay to buy the highest end thing, even if you're just going to do it for, you know, fittings for your shop. For sure. That makes sense to me. I mean, there's all kinds of, I mean, in woodworking specifically, I know there's dudes out there who have shops way nicer than mine that only go in there on the weekends, yeah. you know? So, I mean, totally makes sense to me. Well, yeah. I mean, I have a 25 by 30 wired shop, but I haven't made a sale in like three months. Like, but you and, know, and you're out there and you're out there carving, cutting and everything. Like, you know, it's all like perspective, but I, but I go out and I have fun in there too. So I guess you just kind thing. of find find and what makes you happy what it's funny you say that because like i listen of the you know because i'm on the other podcast with mike and dan um uh, another woodshop podcast i'll do the plug if you guys don't mind <laughs> so like <laughs> no no problem dan we'll has been a you know professional photographer and furniture maker for the last couple of years i think now coming up on three years for the or four years for the woodworking and longer for photography mike has you guys know mike has just blown up his business he went from working in a shop uh, three years ago or two years ago in his uh, garage to now basically having this massive company with employees um, where he's just growing insanely fast. And then you got me putzing around in my shop. <laughs> and, Dumb old Pete. And like this, like the thing that I, I, and I beat myself up all the time about it. Cause I keep thinking like, I'm not building anything. People have like jokingly and sometimes not jokingly asked me like, what do you actually make? Like, what do you do? And mm -hmm. I've just gotten in a habit to just say, whatever the heck I want. 
I just make whatever I want. And like, well, what do you, why do you have all those tools? Like, cause I can make whatever I want. Like, I don't <laughs> have to think about it. You know, like, it's like, right. I look at Adam Savage's shop and he's got all these things, all these tools and everything. And he just does it to just have fun and build whatever he wants and have a fun project. And if he decides to build something, he can build it. So I'll be the first person to say that if you're out there and you have a big shop, but you spent a ton of money on it, if you know what, who cares? Yeah. People, people are blowing money on RC cars <laughs> and trains and <laughs> totally. stuff. So why not blow it on tools? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a hobby for some people. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a hobby, I feel like. And if you don't, you're probably missing out on something. You're probably in your boring. Life. Yeah. You probably suck a little bit, to be honest with you. The hard part is like going out there and like seeing the saw stop. I'm like, well, I guess I can't. Like, you're just a paperweight right now. Like, I can't use you for anything without power. So everything has just become like another table. <laughs> That's very relatable. Just, my just laser that I just got. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> i have plans for my you, laser my has been the biggest hassle and i just look at it as a paperweight right now it's driving me crazy oh, what's wrong with it i don't know man i bought it used from a a good buddy of mine so i know that he does not you know he, there's no ill will in the sale mm-hmm. um but just something happened apparently in transportation getting it to me and i just have not been able to get it to run i mean i've had to swap out the tube um i had to get a new chiller actually pete i talked to you about the chiller that you have i have the same exact one and that's how i learned that their customer service was really strong despite being out of the country Mm -hmm. um figured out the issue with the chiller so now it's honed in on something with the laser and truthfully i still don't know what the issue is but i got a call set up later in the week with uh, a tech from the uh, manufacturer of the laser Mm -hmm. and hopefully i'll get some answers then but uh for now it's just paperweight you know what you should try, and hmm. uh, I would have to look at your model because this is something that happened to mine. Uh, I had it delivered, and my Z-axis just did not work. Um, turns out the because if you take off the side panel where the controller is, there's a whole mm-hmm. board of terminals. You got to make just, I just wiggle, discovered that yesterday. Wiggled all the wires, <laughs> and those are all solid. I finally took off the back panel. There's another board there uh, that's that runs. It's right next to where it runs the. Um, z-axis if you have it on yours uh there's another mm-hmm. board down there there was a loose wire in there i was just moving stuff around and i saw it pop out and i'm like oh i tightened it down turned it on worked instantly so it could be something as wow. simple as just a wire is loose don't be afraid to go in there and just like just move some wires gently and see if anything is loose in there because that could be as simple as that hmm. yeah to be honest wanna... with you, i did kind of do that yesterday when i discovered that control panel but mm-hmm. I'll, i'm gonna have to go do that and pay a little bit more attention sorry doggy what were you saying no i'm not a not a big laser guy but did you try turning it off turning it back on <laughs> doggy i've done that a lot of times <laughs> i do IT you know, for I even... that's, that's my secret <laughs> <laughs> blowing the cartridge restart <laughs> i actually got a big bowl of rice and put the whole laser inside of it <laughs> unfortunately it didn't do the trick i mean it works for most things but not this <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's been a fun thing going on in my life. Um, not very exciting, but maybe one day it will be exciting when yeah. it finally works for me. But, um, Pete, so jumping back into Etsy, mm-hmm. we actually have a few questions that I would like to ask you. Okay. And this first one came in from a good friend of the show, Charlie, from Color Hardwoods. Mm-hmm. And he asked kind of a, in my opinion, a little tough question, but I'm curious how you're going to handle it. So, it says on your Etsy, you cater to makers, which we've just discussed. If you were to try and sell finished products, which I believe you've done in the past, is mm-hmm. that correct? Yep. What would your strategy be on pricing and trying to stand out with the heavy competition? Uh, oh, I love this question. I because of the last words he said, heavy competition. Uh, Very I, heavy competition. I think that is, and I'm saying this to everyone, not just to Charlie. Uh, that is a real dumb argument. Not, I'm not saying he, he's dumb, but like people keep s- telling me this all the time where they're like, <laughs> oh, why, like, why would I do it? It's like, there's so many people doing this thing. Like, that's so dumb to say. There's people everywhere. Oh, yeah. There's a market for everything. I, I ship stuff to France, South Africa, and Australia this month. It, it, what, I'm not going to set up shop because like, it's like, <laughs> it just, it, you, there's there's so much business out there. There's people all over the world, and if you offer the shipping, they'll buy the stuff. You know, especially in, in the U.S. and in uh, in, uh, in Canada, like Etsy's big, and and it's big all over the world. It's not just out here. 
people are buying from right. everywhere. Like think of how many, there's, you know, <laughs> seven point whatever billion people on this planet. Even if 1 billion people had access to the internet, which way more do. And, mm-hmm. or even if you just look at the, how many Americans there are that can buy on Etsy or whatever, without having to do extra shipping to another country, there's so many potential customers. Like I, I still get blown away. Sometimes I'll have a dip in sales and I think, well, I guess, you know, I kind of sold to everyone I'm going to sell. I got all the makers <laughs> and then I run a sale and I just get like cleaned out. I go, oh, there's more. All right, cool. <laughs> more, <laughs> we yeah. found a new community. <laughs> there's a there new community. Go. All right. So it, it's, you know, I don't mean to say it's like a dumb argument, but it's not a logic. It's not a logical argument. There's, there is enough customers out there. There could be, mm-hmm. I mean, look at all the choices on, on Amazon. People are still buying all the different choices. There, there's reviews right. on all the different options. You know, you might go for the best one, but someone else might go for the brand or for right. the one that someone recommended. So don't ever be discouraged by that. There's always going to be so, a buyer for your products. So let me ask you this, Pete. So say that someone took your advice, which is to forget everyone else and just do your own thing. Obviously, don't be don't be uh, too hard on you. Don't think too hard about the competition. Mm-hmm. So what if you are trying to compete on Etsy? And you're not like getting the sales. Is there any like when you're making a listing, is there any is there emphasis on verbiage you put in your listing? Is there obviously a photo is very important in reviews. Mm-hmm. But what if you're trying to build up those reviews? What would you say to someone in that situation? So, so was that even a question? Yes. I even no. I, my thought yeah. And this is kind of going back to first part of his question, which is how would you differentiate yourself? First of all, if I, I and I list cutting boards and stuff on my page. If I ever started listing finished products, I'm not creating a second page. I've built a community around that first one. You're, it's okay totally. to have multiple niches, uh, but to get established, you do need to niche down, I think. I think you do need to focus on something to build up um, something and then grow from there. Now, as far as standing out, first thing you can do is just be the best you can be. They have the star seller thing, which uh, they literally give you badges on your profile. Uh, and even on the listings, if someone clicks on a listing, it'll say this Seller is a star seller, which means, and it like says, they respond to messages within 24 hours. They ship on mm-hmm. time all the time, or at least I think it's 95 or 98% of the time. Um, and then the last one is, um, uh, what is it? Oh, I'm blanking on it, but it'll come to Rave me. reviews. Rave reviews, yeah. So you have right a 4.7 or higher, or 0.8 um, or higher in reviews. <laughs> and it's a rolling 30 days, so it's not a you earn it once and have it. So I have gotten oh. that since it launched last year in August, I have had that every single month. Every single month I have wow. had all wow. three. And I do not mess around with that. Like that is something that I take very seriously and it definitely 100% leads to more sales. They will favor mm-hmm. your account and the algorithm because that's how everything runs these days if you are doing good work. Now, if you don't hit all of them, that's fine. You still get badges for if you do fast shipping and answer people, but maybe you know you had one bad review and you only had two reviews that month. So that's hurting you. Uh, One way to grow is like I was saying earlier is push all your business on Etsy. I used Etsy when I have like my cutting boards around holidays, whatever. I use it like a catalog. I throw listings up there. I can burn 20 cents. It's not the end of the world. It's a 20 cent listing. (laughs) You throw it up there and if someone's like, hey, do you have any boards or whatever? And you're like, yeah, check out my Etsy. And then they see everything and then they could buy right from there. And a lot of times when someone buys something there, they're buying two things. Or three things or something else. They might really like me. They might totally. get a shirt. And I'm like, whoa, I was not expecting that. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so that's a good way to do an add-on almost. Um, another thing is uh, run sales. Sales help. You know, you don't have to do the whole like markup and then do the sale. Do a sale that you're comfortable with. Um, and and don't discount your, your work, your product, based on what everyone else is charging. Charge your rate. Charge what you think this is worth. Do your research, totally. or if you've already sold them at, you know, if you're making a certain type of cutting board or charcuterie board, and if you sold it at a farmer's market or a yard sale or whatever for three hundred dollars, but on Etsy they're going for like one twenty-five to three fifty, are you going to list it for one twenty-five? No, you're going to list it for your amount plus shipping. If you want to offer free shipping, by the way, that's another big one. Offer free shipping. Work it in a price. Because if somebody like there's, I hate listings where I click on it because it says like, oh, $7 or $8 or whatever. I click <laughs> it and then like that option's out of stock and you have to go to the next one, which is $23. And then there's also shipping on top of that. And then there's another one for $30. i am going to go back to the $30 option. <laughs> Suddenly right. that doesn't look that bad. 
Well, that was funny that uh, I was looking at those magnetic, uh, the mag switches for my table mm-hmm. saw and, that I can't use. And I was like, oh, sweet. It's like 50 <laughs> bucks. Easy. And I opened it up. It was like $28 shipping. And I was like, well, what? I don't really need it. Yeah. I, I went to check out and it was like 80 bucks. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Wow. It said it was 50 bucks. Free, um, we are free all sh- used to Amazon free shipping. We want mm-hmm. high reviews and we want high turnaround. That's the main thing we want. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the main things, but as far as the listing itself goes, photos are very important. One thing that I'm currently working on and as I'm working on a, um, what I like to call a frame, you go, sometimes go on Etsy, you'll search for something and someone has a beautiful frame around their product photo and the the photo doesn't even have to be good. But if the frame looks crisp, if the letters are crisp, (laughs) it's got their logo, it says what it is. It's an SVG file or it's a template or whatever that looks professional as hell. I'm going to click that one first. That is key. And I think that's something does that right again to, you know what you want to learn? Go follow them, two moose. <laughs> like I, I genuinely, one of the reasons I'm on Etsy is them. I saw them like blowing up. This is back when they were still in their basement shop uh, before they even built their shop. They were starting out. I think they were still both working full time. That's when we met and we became friends online and, and I've seen them just blow up and everything they do, uh, they're so willing to share too. So like that, they do that. It works really well for them. Another thing is keywords. Keywords is something you can throw in. Um, when you're creating your listing, uh, keywords goes beyond, uh, things like your title, which all of it is searchable and load mm-hmm. that thing up. Don't just say walnut charcuterie board, <laughs> say Wal- walnut charcuterie board, uh, you know, gift, whatever for her, for him, or you can throw those in as tags, but like you can really throw a lot of words into that, uh, listing name and then fill up as much as you can type up something good where it's made, what the items are that you know or how it ships or whatever in a description you really want to throw as much information in there as you can because it's all searchable uh the last thing is etsy is a terrible search engine for people i don't know if you guys have noticed you ever try to find someone's page and you like put in there it's a little scuffed yeah and you cannot find their page Uh, i I struggle with this all the time and then i end up having to like go to their profile click on their link tree then find the etsy in the um in the tags, you want to 100% put in your first name, space last name, or last name, your shop name, a variation of your shop name. Because like when you search my name on Etsy, uh, my stuff comes up, Dan's stuff comes up, uh, another Woodshop podcast stuff comes up because we put it in as our Whoa. tags. Like, oh, okay. like I'm going to be in there. You can search my last name and I'll come up. I'm pretty sure at least. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with most accounts, you can't do that. So if you... You want to be easily found. You got to make sure you can be easily found. The tags is one of the most powerful things in there. And that's where you put in the stuff that you can change it up from the holidays. So like uh, Christmas or Halloween or whatever, that's when you can throw in those tags without having to really modify your your whole listing heavily. Um, and then aside gotcha. from that, the rest is just kind of whatever in there. You know, offer fast shipping if you can, or at the very least, fast processing. So when you're actually listing the shipping, I like... My shipping is whatever the shipping is going to be. It's usually about uh, two to five days. Uh, International is a little longer, but my processing time is two to five days. And everything usually ships within, honestly, within two or three days from me. Um, When I was doing this a little more aggressively, like when I was just killing myself, I was doing one to three days. So I was every single day I was at the post office and it was beginning to be a lot, a lot of packaging. Uh, Then I started doing, I went on vacation. I think I actually went to... uh, WorkbenchCon, and I just pushed it to three to five days, and I've kept it as that, and it's golden. No one's upset. Everyone's still buying from me. But the nice thing is, if someone buys on Monday, three to five business days is next Monday, because five days from Monday is Monday. So, like, basically, you're you're able to take a whole week to work on something if you really need to. That's my gotcha. spiel. Like how to how to stand <laughs> so out a little bit. Scribbling notes down right the now, notes. like a whole page of notes. <laughs> I'm like, as you've been talking, I've been, you know, kind of fact checking uh, the Etsy stuff that you mentioned, like with the badges and all that jazz. I am curious, though, because at the top of your page, you know, Petrie's Workshop is a star seller. Uh, I see all those. And it says, has a history of replying to messages quickly. I'm curious, is there like a set number of minutes or hours that you have to stay within? You have to stay within 24 hours. And here's the key. They don't specify this, but it's in their notes. Uh, it's within uh, within 24 hours for the first message in the thread. After that, you're golden. Oh. So people sometimes oh, cool. freak out. And like when it first came out, the whole star seller thing, people thought you had to like get in the last word. So if your customer was like, okay, great, thank you. You'd be <laughs> like, okay, thanks. 
Thank you. Like, have a good day. You have a good day. No, <laughs> you, you hang up. No, you hang up. You hang up. <laughs> but you don't need to do that. It's just the initial message. So uh, it's also good to sometimes be like, um, I'm out of the office right now. I can I can respond to you uh, shortly. Let me know. And that kind of restarts the clock. Or it doesn't restart the clock. It just kills the clock. Uh, it's a good idea to always pre-read the messages. Sometimes I, I got in a habit in the beginning to like ignore it. And like, I'll deal with this later. And then I was like, oh no. And I check and it's, you know, 25 <laughs> hours and I'm just over. So uh, try to at least read the message. See if you can quickly respond or say, I will uh, find out and let you know. Or uh, let me look into this. Gotcha. Yeah. What is uh what is on your page? It says you have X amount of admirers. What's an admirer? So admirer. that is when someone follows your, um, I believe follows your page. So let me see oh. here. Uh, oh, yeah, I just clicked on it and I see me on the list. I'm an yep. admirer of you, Pete. Yeah. So that's people that either follow uh, your page or follow uh, an item you have. So pe- when people like heart it when they, when they go to it. Got it. And wh- here's another, oh, here's another good strategy. Actually, uh, go to go to someone's page, go to your page. When you scroll down, you click on, it's on the left side below all the listings you have. Uh, click on admirers. And mm-hmm. there is a list, like you said. There's a list, and next to the list, it says what that person has been favoriting. Whoa. If you want to know what people are looking for, this is a super powerful mm. tool. This will oh, literally no. print you money. Just look at like, oh, this guy, you know, apparently templates are hot. I think I'm going to jump on that. Because Tyler, you're at the, you're at the top. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dude, uh, that is crazy. There's always, Oh, that's also kind of scary when you think about it. It's a little spooky. <laughs> Dude, that's bananas. I need to click out of here. I feel dirty. And, and another thing, so like if we're talking about the Etsy page itself, so like let's say you go to someone's Etsy. I just added something today that I haven't had for the longest time. Shame on me. I added a banner. I just went into Canva. Oh. I threw up a banner and just got some random stuff in it. I'm not in love with everything on there, but it's there. It's got a photo of me and Emma. It you Aww. know looks, it's got a couple projects that I've done and it's just like what I do. Quick little thing, but cool. it makes it look a little more professional. The other thing is when you scroll down and as soon as you start going over like 15 items, I'll say, uh, you want to start categorizing them along the left side. So on the left side, you could actually hit up categories. Like I have 31 items in my shop. I want to I want to have at least 50, if not 100 by the end of this year. I'm going to be growing because wow. it's going to be files, more apparel, other items. Just like, The more you have, the more you're going to sell. Too many times I see people complain about not selling on Etsy and they have like three active listings, five active listings. They're mad because they haven't sold one item. Don't be afraid of that 20 cent listing fee. Just list stuff on there. Everything you make, list up there. And you know, if it's something that's easy for you to do, make it a made uh, made to order item. Put the, uh, the wait time out a little longer. Give it three weeks, two weeks, a week, whatever you need. Uh, and just leave it up there. You know, and every time you make a new one, add some photos, add some, uh, some flair to it. Or just make a couple, like I'm in a habit of, I like to make then sell instead of sell then make. I don't like to take on a commission because I hate the pressure. I have enough pressure from Mm -hmm. other stuff. I don't need to also think about this (laughs) clock on this thing. I'd rather make a bunch of items and then sell them. Hold low inventory so I'm not stockpiling stuff, but that way stuff is ready to go and it sells when you're least expecting I gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Doggy, uh, did you write that thing down? I I'm writing a lot of stuff down. So, like, rewind real quick to Charlie's question. So, we think it's yeah. a stupid question, right? I just want to no, make no. sure we, we get that <laughs> on air. I mean. Just I work, to clarify, I work Charlie is, in fact, an idiot. No, Charlie's great. Uh, the <laughs> argument, I think, it's a it's an argument I hear all the time, but it holds no water. I think there's plenty of efficiency. Gotcha. Good to know. Very good point to clarify. But that, I mean, because that's, I think my etsy still is like dogwood designs like back before i kind of rebranded in 2018 mm-hmm. um and it was the same thing happened i was like this sucks i'm not selling anything but i had like five cutting boards or like four cutting boards and that was it um and i, I it was discouraging at the time and i just never went back to it so this is kind of getting me a little more interested while i have the free time because i can't really do a whole lot else to kind of revamp the site right. and get it set up um to try to make some sales on there. In my opinion, as someone who I've, I went the website route, I do everything through my website. Mm -hmm. Um, In several instances, I've done that situation. You explained where if someone wants something custom, I make a custom listing. Um, And that's, 
you know, not honestly the easiest thing to do on that type of platform. But I think the biggest value that Etsy provides and that you pay for is that algorithm you talked about where they, they boost sales. Is that like a fair thing to say? Yeah, they do advertising for you. They, they run Etsy ads where you could, if you're the right thing for the person that is looking at that ad, they will show your thing. And even before you have like actual Etsy ads in place, like you could be part of that algorithm for them to attract buyers. They want you to list stuff. They want you to do well because they're making money on every transaction. This is a give and take. Right. But, you know, you say website. And that's another argument that I hear a lot of people say is like, I'm going to go to website and I'm done with Etsy. I'm done with the fees. I'm done with this. I'm done with that. And I'm like, why are you moving instead of doubling down? Back to two moose. They have an insane mm -hmm. following on Etsy and they also sell on their website. Right. You know, that was something I was going to bring up too. Cause I, I've looked at their website and their website looks phenomenal. I've actually been pulling it up right now. Um, and their Etsy looks great too. Going back to what you said about the banner as well as mm -hmm. what was it? The frame on the list. I call it a frame with a frame around a listing. Yeah. So it gives you some quick, you know, info on the item because your eyes are going to go straight to the big font on the photo over the same font that's under every photo. It's eye catching. I gotcha. You know? Yeah, definitely. Those guys, definitely good people to uh, get some inspiration from. And that's what's my favorite thing about the maker community is there's never a shortage of who or where to derive inspiration from because there's always like you learn from i have learned from so many people that i see and i follow whether it's them directly sharing tips and tricks or they posted a build that they made and i was like wait i could apply that method of joinery into a build that i'm doing next month you know yep. i could pitch that to a client to do something similar to that obviously make it my own but that's just so cool about what we do and what community we're a part of you know yeah, and Etsy is also nice because you don't have to be the same person you are on online, on Instagram, on TikTok. Like you can sell digital files. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you sell knitting projects or or paintings or something else. But like you make cutting, you like woodwork on the side. But like this is just another income stream. It doesn't have to be the same thing either. So so keep that in mind that you don't need it. If you're a woodworker, you don't need it to be woodworking. My Etsy is predominantly 3D printing. And actually, you know, right. I've started leaning more into the 3D content because uh, for a while I was like ashamed of it that I was like, I am a woodworker maker and like I'm doing all this 3D <laughs> printing. My fan base is going to hate this. But like, no, I have since the beginning always said I am a maker. When I named my shop, I named it wood uh, workshop instead of wood shop on purpose because I knew I was going to do all the things, you know, so right. that's perfect. So, you know, it's OK. Do whatever you want on there. And did you guys know that you can get, uh, you can actually get free listings on Etsy and pay nothing to list stuff on there? Oh, how do we do that? Oh, let me tell you. After a word from our sponsors, <laughs> you guys don't know? Oh, you guys don't? Okay, so I, I figured I'd set you up. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but what you can do, so there is a site, and I'll, you know, I'll get you guys the link. You can throw it into the um, into the show notes if you want. Um, there's a link where if you have an Etsy and you send someone this link, you will get, uh, if you open up a shop, you will get 40 free listings to use. So your next 40 hmm. free items that you're listing are completely free. Now, if you know if you already um, have an account and you go to this link, and I gotta find a site. Uh, if you go to this link, it'll just show you what your link is. So you can then like give people your, it's almost like an affiliate program. And gotcha. you know, you're not making any commissions off the sales, you're just getting free listings if they start the shop. And I hmm. gotta be honest with you, I've it doesn't seem like it's 40 free listings. I think it's like $8 worth of listings. It's not like massive money, but um, right. I've definitely had at least like three or four of those get clicked and people actually open up shops. So I think I haven't paid for a listing in like a good couple of weeks, if not longer. Nice. I mean, th that was something I wanted handy. to comment on earlier. Like, oh, Etsy takes all these fees. If it's like 30 cents total on a sale and you, you can't afford that on your margins. Your pricing is probably off. Yeah. Like, am it's, I am I off by saying that? Like, I you know, the, if you can't afford thirty cents, and I don't know. Here's the you thing. probably should raise the, prices. And we're all kind of hitting this point. I think we're all getting to that point now in our life and our businesses where uh, we can't do it all, and we just we need to outsource things, and we cannot like I can't be sitting there marketing 
my content every single day and pushing it out there and talking about it because I'm going to annoy the crap out of my my followers and <laughs> I need to outsource something. So I, I barely talk about, I pretty much only if I list a new item, pimp my Etsy, or if someone tags me in a story with one of my items, I'll throw the link in there. I don't really market my Etsy. It just does it by itself. And yes, the, you know, the fees get taken out, but like they're doing the work for me. It's like you paying right. your, your nephew or your sister-in-law or somebody to like, Hey, can you, um, run ads or edit this video for me? Uh, or, uh, you know, can you stand this table while I do something else? Like you're, you're paying for your, you're buying back your time. So you can either totally. spend it doing something else and selling everything yourself. And yeah, you might be able to sell everything for full price, cash in hand, whatever, but you're going to have to do legwork. So the mm-hmm. fees aren't that bad. But, and it's like, funny you say about the uh, the whole promotion thing because I I don't like posting stuff about my templates on my Instagram for that same reason because I don't want to annoy people. Um, but then if I don't, then no one does. Like, And I don't have Etsy's algorithm yeah. to promote me. So that's kind of a way that I could justify trying to get my Etsy going is for that reason alone. And I mean, I... I totally relate to that and i carried a website for the better part it was it was a year and it was like 35 bucks a month and i sold like two things on the website so by the end of the year it was completely negative so i would much rather just do odds and ends 10 cents 20 cents here and there than uh, have to number one to take all the time to build my website which was horribly frustrating because i'm not an i'm not a tech guy (laughs) at all um and and then advertise it no way not a chance not doing that ever again until I'm, you know, have somebody that can do that for me because I just won't. Yeah. And well, I I do think there's value in having a website. You know, you don't even necessarily have to sell things on there, but to have like a gallery and you know a bio, just something that someone can search. I think that that has a lot of value. There's been a lot of people who are like, oh, like can you send me your portfolio and your website? And I feel like if I would have said, oh, I don't have a website, sorry, they probably wouldn't have worked with me. You know, so there's been times where it's certainly benefited me from having a website, and I still sell all of my templates through uh, my website. So it's obviously a huge value there. It's a but double just for dip. The sake of, you can just double yeah, dip. Totally. Why not? I like that. I think, and it's something, I guess it's a time thing. I just keep coming up with excuses as to why I don't want to, you know, make the listings for my templates and all that stuff. Yeah, but it, would be a, worth it is it a lot of work, man. It's it, like when you, mm-hmm. when you actually do it, like it's a lot of work and the, the fees are not that bad. Cause I'm, I'm looking at just my August, right? Um, so my August right now I made, it was been slow. So I made $308 and I paid $36 in fees. So it's about 10%, about 11%, okay. let's say like, you know, that's not, it's not that bad. Does that include shipping as well? Shipping costs? Uh, no. So shipping would be, uh, shipping costs me on average about 10% of my business as well. So, you gotcha. know, if I have a $30 listing, you know, six bucks is, uh, all the expenses that I have for that item plus then any material I have or whatever. So like you need to, you do need to sit down and actually look at these numbers because in the grand totally. scheme of things, they're not that bad. When people were like, Etsy's raising their fees by 30%. Like, no, it's it's from this number to this <laughs> number. Yes, it's 30% of the small number, but that doesn't mean it's being raised 30%. It was raised 2% or something like that. People were just freaking out. I gotcha. I think we have a, another question. Let's see if we can pull that up real was quick. Was there a Nick Patchy, that one? Bachi. So he said, do you take other listings similar to yours into consideration when you're posting? Um, and I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll pump that to you first and then I'll, I'll respond. So I, I absolutely do. I mean, I will just throw up a listing because here's the thing. A bad listing is better than no listing. And I am super guilty <laughs> of it all the time. I have, dude, I'm sitting on a bunch of cutting boards in a basement right now that are still sitting there from the holidays. They're great to have because anytime somebody hits me up, I have them, but I don't have them listed. I just need to put them up there. So any listing you have is better than nothing. That being said, once you throw it up, or if you've got some extra time while you're doing it, look online, look for the similar things. Don't focus so much on price or whatever. If you have your price, you're good. But see what makes them stand out. What's the first one that grabs your eye? Is it maybe the photography is a little more on point? Do they have a little frame around their thing? Is there title a little more crisp is uh, the shipping better look at what attracts other buyers you know you want to you want to imitate success look at look at the good accounts doggy what do you got uh, coming back to you guys hold on yeah i mean it's helpful <laughs> because 
I, Sorry I to two, put you I, on the spot. <laughs> I had two windows open on my my Google Chrome, so I was all over the place. You know, uh, I'm a, I'm a one tab kind of guy. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, like thinking about that is whenever I would make a listing either on my website at the time or you know on Etsy, you know, long ago, I would always look at other people's because it was people could always like write better than me or like you know put it into better words than me. So kind of like using their inspiration to kind of put it in my own words. Um, but that's what I kind of thought he was asking. Do you take other listings similar to yours into consideration? Like, I don't know if he's talking about pricing or talking about wording or, or what? I think it's, it's, I it's everything. Pricing. For me, wording is yeah. hard. And one thing that helps me, even though I speak very poorly, uh, is text to speech. Sometimes I'll just say a bunch of stuff that I want to put into a listing into a note on my phone, just have Siri dictate it. And that's literally what I did for that intro for you today while we were in this recording studio can, waiting for you to join. Because it sounds more <laughs> natural than typing it out. Sometimes when you read something, it sounds very like just bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I hate writing. I'm not good at it. Uh, Emma's my proofreader. You know, my <laughs> wife, like she, she checks all my writing. But yeah, try, try doing that. And yes, definitely take them into consideration, but don't let them in any way stop you or deter you. Mm hmm. So, and my question, I uh, kind of talking about the pricing element. So, I know, I now know the costs of 3D printers themselves. Mm-hmm. But when you're actually running them, isn't that the filament stuff pretty inexpensive? Uh, filament runs about, on average, twenty to thirty dollars per one kilogram, one roll. It's about uh, two pounds, two two and a change, I think, um, of filament, and that lasts you a good amount of time. You know, depending on what kind of print you do, like. I have the uh-huh. Jimmy Duresta piece that I have to print, the one that Dave uh, Meow has been doing for the um, the Maker Scan thing, oh, and yeah. that piece that's going to be printing for about a day and it's going to use half a roll. So like, wow. you know, then there's I mean there's ways to do it. So like it's putting down way more material, but right. the material's fairly inexpensive. And anyone that's trying to get into 3D printing and they don't necessarily want to monetize it, trust me, you're going to have so many friends asking you for stuff as soon as you post cool stuff. <laughs> Best thing to do, and I have a couple buddies that do it. Uh, they got a printer, they posted stuff, people wanted it to, they just kind of charged them for the filament or for the roll. And they're essentially just buying their materials for free because people are paying them for that. Mm-hmm. That's how I got started with it. And you know, first I just wanted to pay for my materials so I can keep inventing things and doing whatever, and then got out of control. <laughs> and that's what you want. As it goes, as it goes. I think, uh, so John Grubb, I think you guys both know him. He's mm-hmm. uh, my go-to 3D print guy. Well, I, I, Pete, I've purchased several of your things. and no, I, I mean, take no offense. I love John Grubb, too. He's great. Yeah, I, I, but I, you, I bought stuff from you on your listings. You know, like I've, those uh, micro jig push block holders. Like I'm not going to go be like, hey, John, can you make that for me? Because mm-hmm. I know you already have it. So, of course, I just would purchase that from you. And they're very handy in the shop and your push sticks, your push stick squares and all that stuff. But John Grubb is like my go-to for like, Hey dude, you think you can make this for yeah, me? Great. And he, He's awesome. He dude. whips it up. I want to see it his business so blow cool up. Being too, able to have that. I'm all for yeah. people blowing up. There's like I said, there's plenty of business out there for everyone. Totally. And that, that's, you know, hundred percent. John lives two miles or five miles cool. away from me. And him and I both get woodworking projects, you know, like we live so close together, but there's still so many clients that we can all crazy. Share, right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just goes to show exactly the point you made. But I think that's uh, kind of all we got today. Pete, I really appreciate coming on here, man. I'm very excited to uh, share this knowledge that you bestowed upon us. And I think a lot of people will really value from it. I know I certainly am already excited to have known it. So I appreciate you coming on here big time, man. Yeah, Pete, thanks for all that. <laughs> thanks for... I'm I'm doing this right now. I'm setting up Etsy right now. As soon as we get off the call, I'm I'm making my Etsy again. <laughs> Dude, guys, reach out if you have any questions. Like I I answer these questions every single day. Uh, if I can do like a quick plug, I did do a video on like how to Etsy on my YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's free. Just go watch it. It's basically me doing a webinar on on Zoom for I think like an hour and then an hour of uh, Q and a afterwards. So people had some really good questions. I literally show you my numbers. I showed you how much I made last year, the fees, everything. I lay it all out there because there's no point in gatekeeping this information. This is out there. So <laughs> if you have questions, please reach out. Uh, especially you guys, if you guys want to, you know, add on to your business, not so much pivot, let's do it. Let's make some money. Hey. 
Heck yeah, man. That's what it's all about, man. You know? We're going to put and, that video uh, in the yeah, show Yeah, definitely notes. go check out that video. We'll put it in the show For notes. For sure. We'll definitely share all of Pete's Appreciate information that. in the uh, bio or whatever show notes, like Doggy said. Um, but I think on that note, it's time we peace out of here. Thanks, Pete. Love you. Bye. Peace. Bye.